Hey everybody, this is Mark. Welcome to episode 9 of the Hard Rock Court Podcast and happy Thursday to you all. Thursday, that's right, it is Thursday. Happy Thursday. We're in the middle of the week coming to the end here. I hope you're having a great week and hopefully you got some great plans coming for the weekend. And since it's Thursday morning, it's no different than Monday. It's coffee time, so let's do this. And today I'm doing it with another cup from the Black Rifle Coffee Company. And I hope you have checked them out. Try the coffee. It's delicious. Not a paid endorsement. I'm just sharing what I like. With this being episode nine, I always say thank you. Thank you for tuning in and giving this podcast a chance. I appreciate all the support and kind words you have given me out there. The podcast is also available on Spotify and Apple iTunes and many other platforms where you can find past episodes, including episode eight, which had Jason Hartless, who is a drummer with Ted Nugent, Matt McAndrew from Slaves, Megadeth, Julian Kay, and a host of others. If you are liking the podcast and the conversations I am bringing to you, head over to the YouTube channel and check out some of the more recent interviews as well including Lightworker and a host of others, including all of the podcast episodes as well. You can always message me here through anchor.fm by clicking message on the main page. What do you want to hear on the podcast? What do you want to know about the bands? What do you want to know about me? Or does that even matter? Ask a question, leave a comment, praise me, punish me. Let me hear from you. Welcome to the Hard Rock Core Podcast, Episode 9, where I have another episode with two interviews this week. The first is with my friend Chips Enough, leader of the band Enough's Enough, who talks about the Brainwash Generation, which is their new album that is dropping tomorrow, July 10th. We also talked about Mike Portnoy being the ultimate Beatles freak, and quite interesting, Mike Portnoy comes up often on this podcast, so I think I need to get Mike Portnoy on this at some point in time i would be honored as a drummer myself we also discuss what's happening in the world of music and i always enjoy my conversations with chip and that goes back to a couple years ago on the phone and also a couple times up here in sacramento hanging out with him at holy diver and shout out to holy diver man miss miss the family there and i hope you guys are all doing well the second interview this week is with guitarist Philippa from the band Thundermother, who is a rocking band from Sweden who pays homage to their favorite bands like ACDC, Motorhead, and Kiss and had a great conversation a day before an acoustic backyard set. Their album will be coming out later on this month. And as a reminder, you can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, the YouTube channel, and all of the podcast information. And if you find it in your heart, please like, follow, and share the Hard Rock Core podcast. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy the conversation. And here is the first one with Chip Zinuff. Good morning, my friend. Chip, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. How about yourself? You know, I'm waking up. It's early. I'm feeling good, having some coffee, and my family That's and friends exactly are what healthy. I'm, doing. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to the camp today, but. Uh, yeah, coffee in the morning never goes wrong. It's, it's, it's your best friend. With brainwashed generation. I had no idea that I was coming up with something that's about. I just, there were songs about what was happening in our country, but for sure, that was certainly a lot of subject matter to write about. Uh, but I thought the title, uh, it rang really nice. It had a nice feel to remind me of going back to the old days, back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, but only in only in vibe. 
I felt that if you look in the country right now where we're at, brainwashed generation with everybody on the telephones and, and they're and focusing on social media and just not sitting around and, and doing things with the family like it used to be done back in the old days. That's why I called it. That's why I gave it that title. Uh, no other reason than that. I, I'm not that smart. Uh, and look what's happening. It's, it's right here in front of your face. And people have, uh, have been questioned about that title too as far as well, what generation you're talking about. Well, in my generation, we didn't have telephones. We didn't have computers. We were we were focused. You know, it was when it's five o'clock or six o'clock, the family would be meeting at the dinner table, and with no TV on, and we'd all sit around. And we'd talk about what happened in our day, and it was very family esque. And uh, th- those days are not around anymore. Okay, right now everyone is focused on the task at hand, which is what's going on in the world. And I might I have my phone here, and that's my world. I have my computer. I have my iPad. Uh, that one will get me around, and I can navigate the world with that. And I personally, I like having the phone put away. I, I don't want to be on it all day, but I understand it's a part of our fabric, all of us. But my millionaire friends and billionaire friends, they have Blackberries, and they, and they keep them in their pocket when they're done working. They don't even get out of them. They, they, they focus on the, what they have to do in the world to move forward and take care of the families. And it's not just on the phone all day and night. It's not on the computer all day and night. Some people have to do it as part of your work, but I'll tell you, that's what's changed our country for sure. I completely agree. It definitely has changed our country. And, and even thinking about, you know, th- that album title and how the world has changed. And yeah, I remember the family time and dinner, but also within Enough's Enough, Seeing you guys back, uh, you know, here in Sacramento back in January and, you know, even the last couple of times you've been here, they've been great shows, but that adding Alex to the band, there was just a different dynamic on stage and that's not taking anything away from Tony or anybody else, but man, that energy you guys had on stage and, and camaraderie you had was phenomenal, man. The, the, the lineup you have now was just killing it. I appreciate that. Yeah, it seems to be a, we're in a pretty good place to be in, obviously. We haven't played together in, in two and a half, three months. The last show we did was uh, in Australia in the middle of March, and uh, we were out with a couple of different bands, most notably uh, Winger. Chip was out there. And uh, those other bands out there, I can't think of it. I can't remember the name, but they're from Finland. They're a really good band as well. Um, anyway, uh, to make a long story uh, even longer, we know, I noticed when I was in Australia how the fans reacted to seeing the band for the first time and how much energy there was on that stage. And people hailed it. And the songs, they resonated with that, with that audience. And when we came, when, when we were told we uh, had to go back home, they were shutting down the borders, uh, we, nobody had any clue that it was going to be for this long. And so the first thing I did when I got back home was finish the record. And it's a damn solid record. There is song, and when I say song, quality song. That. Yeah, the songs, I, I felt that it was really a strong record. I still didn't know what I had here until it was all mixed up. But once we had Mike Portnoy and, uh, uh, from Stream Theater and Winery Dogs and uh, Sons of Apollo and Jack Nielsen, Chief Trek and Steve Ramone and Ace Free with all these guys wanting to participate in the record. I think that gave us a, a, a little um, 
credibility, for lack of a better term. Just having such good musicians that want to come down and play on the record. It helped elevate the band a little bit. And uh, I think that when we, it's all said and done, we made a great rock record again. I don't want to sound unmodest. There's a lot of bands putting out music coming out. Uh, but I think that uh, I'm really proud of uh, this next record, which I think is our 18th studio record. Who'd ever, who'd ever thought that we'd have a record coming out in, 20, in the 21st century and with, with that much material? That's, you know, it's, a, it's really a miracle. It's a gift from above that we get a chance to make a record and put it out again. And I hope we get a chance to go out and tour on it. I, I hope so, like like you said. But the, the songs on here, I when I first got this from from John Freeman, he sent me the link to it, and I said, you know, I need to talk with Chip. You know, can I set this up myself yeah. or through you? And I set it up through him. And listening to yeah. these songs, I'm I'm walking around later in the day, and I'm singing the choruses. You guys wrote some great hooks throughout the album, not just one or two, but every song has that hook built into it. I mean, really deep. Did you? spend a lot of time writing and developing songs or, or how did this happen this time? That certainly it wasn't a lot of time writing. And I just, the songs come out, like I said, um, I think it was just a combination of uh, coming up with some nice tunes and then focusing the, my attention on getting a great performance. And that's what it was. And I listened to them and I didn't go crazy and go, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. And come up with an idea, whatever it was that excited me at the time and inspired me. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of uh, subject matter to write about in this world. Instead of focusing on a record where most of our albums in the past have been uh, written by me and my brother, and they and have been a, uh, basically songs that were uh, autobiographical, I think. Right here, I just looked at the subjects of a lot of different stuff out there and just saying about them through my eyes and maybe that's how a lot of songs are I'm certainly not the king of metaphors I'm the wordsmith now so I have no I have no choice I'm the guy that's doing them last of the Mohicans I have to come up with these songs uh, but if they're honest I think it's pretty good uh, you've uh, you've accomplished what you're looking for what you're trying to do and I think on these songs right here I just wanted to get a, a a batch of tunes together that were strong and just bash them out as a real rock band and get those great performances. And at the end of the day, people would look and listen to them and go, well, it does sound like a band. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about anything else because if I worried about trying to ca capture the magic in a bottle that we did in our earlier records, uh, that might be a little difficult because I'm the last guy standing. Well, the... The song, like I said, the song's sticking me, but I, I I think the question is, who's a bigger Beatles freak, you or Portnoy? Oh, that's a good question, because Portnoy, uh, he's the king of, of Beatles memorabilia and and uh, knowledge. Uh, he's, the guy's got a plethora of, of Beatles equipment, including the, the Tama Ringo drum kit that he played on the record. Um, if, if you want to have a one-off with him on naming records and songs in 10 seconds, like on Jeopardy, he's going to win that contest, I have a feeling. And I'm not bad, he, but he is just, he's absolutely incredible. If he could be in any band in the world, if McCartney said, we're putting the Beatles back together, uh, Port and I would beg to be in that band. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't want to, I certainly wouldn't turn that gig down either. Let's face it, McCartney, he invented my job. 
Uh, but the fact of the matter is that Portnoy is a, a massive pop engine. And people, I think people know that. He's, a, he's like a six-trick pony. He sings. He plays guitar. He plays bass. He plays drums. He writes songs. He's a cook. He's a swimming instructor. He churns butter. The guy does everything he's thinking. He's really incredible. And he happens to be my cousin. So I, I think I'm in pretty good shape. I got good people around me. Well, I was talking with uh, David Ellison recently, uh, about a month ago, and he said Mike Portnoy is almost childlike with how much he geeks out and freaks out over music and just his passion for it. Do you see that same thing? Yeah, I do see that. I hail that. I think I have that too. I just uh, I, every day, my whole life is music. Wherever I go, whatever I do, I'm on tons of records. And just in this during this quarantine period, I've recorded with Kip Winger on his uh, Better Days Coming track that he put out. And that was with Alice Cooper, Claus Mine, Richie Cotton, and, and tons of rock stars were on that. Then as soon as I finished that, I got a call, and I sang on a track with John Anderson from Yes. Total honor to sing with him. He's got a song that's coming out on his next record. And uh, he's got a Gene Lupin, he's on there, and put some heavyweight guys playing on the record. I think Kip's on that record as well. And then I finished that, and I went out and did the next Fuzz Bubble record. I did a song on that. Fuzz Bubble, uh, Mike Portnoy's playing drums on that. And those guys, those old pop band that used to be on Puff Daddy's label. And I think they're called uh, Cult Stars now. And uh, and then just uh, that leads into the next thing. I got a call last week from uh, uh, Megadeth and, uh, who was it, uh, Fear Factory. And uh, guys in Bang Tango, the old players from Bang Tango, and they said, uh, "Hey, we're doing a we're doing a track. We would love you to sing on it." So that's the great thing about the quarantine: you get to stay in, and you get these cats calling you on the phone. If you're lucky enough, you get to play on the record with different great musicians. So I just keep busy like that. I got to be honest with you until the next shows happen. I mean, the record comes out next week, which is pretty exciting. So July 10th, the new enoughs in the Brainwash Generation is released. And then July 11th, I'm on the Monster the Rock Cruise doing a live streaming show. And that's pretty big. A lot of bands are doing that. That's the new wave of the future right now, my friend. There's a lot of bands. Until we can go out and tour, you know, you're going to see bands like Metallica and, and Foo Fighters. And there's a, there's a plethora of them out there. They're going to be doing these live streaming shows. LA Guns just did it last week. Uh, where people get a chance to watch the concert live stream in their own front room. If you want to donate, that's great. You want to get some memorabilia, get something from the band. It's a wonderful thing. And hopefully uh, they'll help, they'll work out for a lot of the groups. So then by the time the touring does open up, which uh, I'm going to, I'm going to guess right now, it'll be around September. Uh, and it won't be the big tours. It won't be, you won't see people at the stadium tours, but the smaller level tours, the large clubs and small theaters, I think will open up. And we'll be able to have concerts again for a little while, at least until next year when everybody's chosen to get out there. It's going to be the Wild West next year, is my prediction. When everything opens up and bands start playing again, it's going to be out of control. There'll be too many bands, too much product not left in hand. It's going to be amazing. And people are going to want to go out and see those shows. It's going to be hard to because we've been sequestered in our houses with handcuffs for the last four or five months. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, when it does open up, uh, people love rock and roll, heavy metal. They want to see shows, and, they, and I don't blame them because I do too. And those of us in that rock and roll and metal world, we crave the live music more than any other genre, in my opinion. We live those moments. We we enjoy it. We we breathe it. 
you guys are up there with your instruments playing it for real. It's not on tape. It feels great. And I think the opportunity for us to get back out there, and I, I've said this many times, I hope the cell phone usage gets a little bit lower at concerts. We start to appreciate what we've missed for the past four months. I really hope so. Yeah, and the, the concert and the footage, that never bothered me with people having telephones and stuff because, hey, it's a different generation. It's part of your experience. So when I see musicians go, well, they're going to come to the show, you got to leave your phone at the door and stuff. I just, I personally, myself, wouldn't do that. I think if you paid that ticket, and those tickets are pretty high for concerts right now, you should be able to come inside and take a picture and, and have a memory if you wanted to for those shows. Uh, that's just my thoughts right there. Um, and I get it why some cats don't want it because first of all, you record stuff on YouTube and, and you put it out there and it's fidelity wise. It just doesn't sound strong and powerful and punchy, but that's the day and age we live in right now. And, uh, if people want to record and take pictures, that should be, that should be part of the ticket. And, uh, that's just, um, just my thoughts right there. I'm for, I'm pro fan when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's bad enough that we got to spend two, three thousand dollars to meet your favorite rock star, and it, that's what you got to do. That's a fine thing because we didn't have that stuff back in my days. Uh, but to be able to go see a show and enjoy a concert and take a picture whenever you want to with you and with the band behind you, it's, it's a special moment right there that that will uh, stick with you for the rest of your life. Well, I think back to the early days at concerts for me, if, if anybody wanted to bring in a camera, you'd bring in a little Instamatic camera stuffed down your, your shorts to get it inside the damn venue yeah. back in the day. Then again, it, you, you go to Long Beach Arena, you got 15,000. Unless you're in the first three rows, it don't matter because you couldn't see anything. But now the technology is great. And I, I, I'm not against people taking pictures or filming. I think I'm more against the people who do that all night long and miss out on yeah. some of those moments. Those are the parts that... <clears throat> Live it a point taken. Bit. I, I understand that as well. Um, and you just got to worry about yourself when you go to those concerts, not worry about the other people. When I hear a band saying stuff uh, uh, that they don't want the pictures or they felt phones need to be at the front desk or a gate or something, if you're playing a 1,000 seat venue, maybe you can get away with that where people want to see that small, intimate show and they put their phones out at the front. But otherwise, it's a free country. You want to come in there and take pictures and enjoy the show and it and show your family members, brothers and sisters, moms and dads, whoever you want to share that with, that experience with that couldn't afford to pay 200 bucks to go see a concert. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice gesture. So I, we shouldn't stop that. We should let people just enjoy their concerts any way they want to, as long as nobody's hurting anybody. That's the key thing. Nobody hurts anybody. Let's get out there and enjoy rock and roll and keep that family and, and spirit alive because, face it, you know, the musicians and you're getting phone calls from people left and right to do things. That says a lot about your person, about your musicianship, that people want you to collaborate and, and perform with them. So what, what do you think it's been over your career that's given you that sort of network built in where the phone keeps ringing? What? what you know, um, good Lord's blessing. That's what it is. That I got to be honest with you. I'm just a, a blessed human being. I'm lucky to have people that want to go out of their way and, uh, and make music with me. I think it's a, it's a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity I have in this juncture of my life where I can go out and uh, make, a, make an up snuff album and the next day I can be out recording with one of the guys in Cheap Trick or uh, working with him. You know, uh, Mike Portnoy or an Ace Freely or somebody. It's a great feeling. It's it's an honor. I don't take it for granted whatsoever. I do the best I can every single 
session I do. And you don't have to be a big rock star for me to play with you. There's a lot of cats out there that come over that want me to help them with their records or play bass on a track or guitar. And I, I try to make myself available whenever I can. Right now is the best time you want to get me. These are the greatest moments right here where uh, we're in our houses and we're just trying to um, pass the time and get through these days until we can get back on the horse again and ride through the desert. Yeah, I think the the musicianship out there and what, you know, so many bands talking with so so many people in the past three months, there's a lot of creativity, a lot of collaboration, and just looking forward to the music coming out in the next six to 12 months because I think we've all been productive writing stuff in that process. Do you have anything else in the pipeline coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the record comes out next week. It's very soon that I got that. 2020 quarantine tour coming up to follow it, which starts in September. So, I mean, the first show for us is July 11th with the Manchester Rock Cruise on the Facebook page. Then right after that, then I find myself back in the studio doing my radio show. I'm on Dash Radio six days a week. And I have a show called The Monsters of Rock. Rudy Sarzo's on there. Arianti's got her own show. Uh, the old guitar player, real bass player, guitar player from Company Wolves has his own show. It's a potpourri of rock musicians that are out here. It's the number one show. We've got 15 million subscribers, about half a million people a day listening to us. And all we do is focus on the task at hand, which is playing the finest hard rock and heavy metal imaginable. And uh, that keeps me pretty busy. And I take it on the road, too. Last year, I was on the road with the Rolling Stones. I did that tour. I follow around great bands when I'm not on tour myself, get a chance to push those shows. That's the agenda there. And, uh, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm making records and I got another record in the can. I can't really talk, talk a lot about it. I can tell you this much. There'll be some new enough stuff, music coming out. There'll be some, um, re-releases of older material. And I'm excited about that as well. And maybe a box set. And that's what, what's in the works right now while we're uh, uh, going through this uh, period uh, in our country where uh, you can't go out and play any shows. You can still work. You can still move forward. And uh, that's, what I'm, that's my focus right now. And listen, a lot of people out there are all suffering. I, I, I say prayers for everyone every night. I want to see people get back on the, uh, in the game again where they can support their families and work their jobs. That's a very important thing right now. And, uh, you know, our, our first uh, responders, our military, our doctors and cops, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are really important at the front lines that are helping us out. And, you know, I just, I, I shout out to those cats. I really hope they can uh, weather the storm that we're going through right now as a country. And I believe we can because we've always been resilient. We've always found ways to, to move forward. And I, I hope this is just a, another hiccup in our uh, history. No, I, I, I agree with you, man. And I, I appreciate your time as always and, and your kind words there and, you know, wish you nothing but the best. Again, people need to listen to this album top to bottom, great hooks, great musicianship, great songs, memorable choruses. And uh, thank you for the music. Thank you for everything, man. And God bless you for staying busy and, and productive as well. Thank you, my friend. Listen, remember in the old days when we all get together and, the record, you know, the Tower Records or Music Land or one of the big stores that always, you know, we're staying open till midnight and the Shag Records would do it out here in Chicago. 
uh, Midnight, the new Guns N' Roses, or, you know, even before that, the new Led Zeppelin, you know, Midnight, come get it. It was exciting, and there'd be a a thousand people in line waiting to get that new record, just to go grab it and then go back home and go smoke a giant, listen to it with their friends. Boy, I wish it was like that in those days. Those days are over with. Okay. <laughs> you just get out your telephone and, get, and, and download it and uh, stream it on Spotify, Deezer, uh, Apple Music, whatever uh, platform there is out there. And there's quite a few of them. And I'm grateful they're out there for all of us so we can get our music out there. But boy, I miss those days. I'm, I was hoping that this record might get that chance where people would actually get excited and go out and check out the record and then get other stuff that's coming out too because God knows that, you know, there'll be a new Greta Van Fleet and Rival Sons and a Dirty Honey and a Guns N' Roses and Death Leopard. And they're all going to be putting records out again. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. We're back in the studio trying to get stuff together so when everything opens up, we have material. Um, I'm just grateful to have another record that, uh, to release right now and I'm hopefully... Uh, optimistic that the fans will go out there and take a listen to it, even if you just stream the record. Uh, I think there's some stuff on there for everybody. If you like pop, you like rock, you like metal, you like alternative, well, this is a potpourri of all those things. I agree, man, and I definitely miss the days of going to Tower or Musicland or Sam Goody and, and you know, fingering through the, the CDs and the vinyls. And, and uh, you know, I was digging through some stuff recently, and I found the old long boxes because I used to save the boxes the CDs came in. You know, when CDs yeah. first came out, I was like, man, this artwork is lost. People don't realize the artwork anymore. Yeah. No, I certainly love the long box. I have them. I have a bunch of them downstairs right now. They're all signed. I got one from Cheap Trick. I got one from Def Leppard. I got Mr. Big Box set. I saved a few of them, I'll be honest with you. Because I love the look of them. It's beautiful art. And it was like a, uh, it was like a sort of a copy of what a record would be, you know. You have all the writing on the ins- on the outside, the album cover, the pictures and stuff, and where the record was recorded. And you can open it up, and there's a CD, and it tells you all the information you need to know about how that record came about. Uh, just like the records, I thought it was special, but they only lasted for a little while because it was taking up too much room in the store. I was told. So he just went back to taking them out of the box and just putting them in a CD and selling them. I believe CDs are still going to be around. People still listen to cassettes as well. Who cares how you listen to music just as long as you listen to it? I agree. I agree, man. So, uh, you know, as, as always, Chip, thank you for your time, man. I, I know you got a busy life. you got a busy schedule going on. But uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, stay safe out there. And uh, I will help promote that uh, show on July 11th as well. I appreciate your time too. I, I'm so glad to hear your pipes. We come through Sacramento again. I'm sure I'll, you'll be at the shows. Absolutely. You call me. I'll make sure you're taken care of. And that was my conversation with Chips Enough from the band Enough's Enough. And remember, their album is coming out tomorrow, which is July 10th. So here is interview number two with Philippa from Thunder Mother. Hello. Hello there. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm. Well, it's early in the morning, but I'm great, and I'm drinking some coffee, and it's late afternoon <laughs> for you, I guess. Yes, I just had a rehearsal, so coming to an end of the day here. So you guys just rehearsed? Yeah, me and the singer did. We have some acoustic. Uh, we have an acoustic show tomorrow. Oh, awesome! How's that? How uh, how many songs are you doing? Oh, we're doing. Uh, it's like a two-hour set with a lot of covers and our own songs because we don't have any shows right now. We do some um, 
some simple shows at home, um, at home, you know, at people's houses. That's awesome. So I, I have to ask, what covers are you doing? We do uh, free uh, falling, of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, like uh, we do, uh, we do actually parachute with Chris Stapleton. Nice. We do uh, some ACDC, some Kiss, um, some Kiss stuff. Uh, what do we do? We have we do also this um, Lady Gaga song "Shallow" because that uh, that dude uh, tomorrow is going to propose to his wife, and we're going to play that, and he's going to be Bradley Cooper. <laughs> how awesome is that? Yeah, that's an honor. <laughs> yeah, that, ha, have you play and, and have that happen? That's a great feeling. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll see tomorrow how it goes. So we we plan to take the song down, and he can go down and to her and everything so i think it's going to be beautiful because uh, we just played now and sounds good yeah fantastic so obviously you're, you're finding ways to stay busy and keep doing music despite the craziness out there definitely and we we are neighbors now as well me and Gernicia. so we uh, we take every every gig we can get we, we see outside people are safe and they have a barbecue they have a PA system, so it's safe and good, and it's not so many people. So, yeah, I think it's a good solution. You need to keep it rolling, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we have to. So, what part of the of the world are you in? Are you in Sweden? We are in Sweden, in Stockholm. In Stockholm, okay. And what's what's the environment like there? Because I'm over here in California. Uh, we have. Uh, we have, of course, uh, limitations and stuff, but uh, the restaurants are open, the bars are open, and uh, there's like distance between the tables and stuff like that. And uh, some people are wearing masks and some people don't. <laughs> and we can't have uh, live shows, obviously, and stuff like that. And we can't go to Norway, Denmark, or Germany. We're stuck in Sweden, so. So you can't travel outside of the country then? No, basically not. They will open up the borders again in mid middle of July. So hopefully we can go to promote our album in radio stations around Europe in August. But we we don't know anything right now. So we, it's very we hope to do it. So it's hard to plan right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was speaking with somebody else last week, and they said it's difficult to plan the future right now. Um, but it's harder to even keep your plans because everything changes every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just said it's already July. Like, we've been home since March without playing, only some live streams, and that feels so weird, you know? I haven't been home in July in seven years <laughs> because we've been touring so much. Well, that's... Now, just to, to back up a little bit, you have... Heatwave, which is your fourth album coming out at the end of this month, correct? No, in uh, and uh, yeah, July, 31st of July, we, we released Heatwave, our fourth album, that's correct. And you last put out an album, a self-titled, back in 2018, and that was kind of the, the kind of like a new start for the band, is that correct? Yes, of course, yeah, because uh, everyone left the band and I just decided to keep on going and found new members and we recorded uh, that album, the last album, which was 
a little bit of a statement that we're still alive, we're alive and kicking, and I won't give up rock and roll no matter what, you know? So when you, you do that, and, and you know, the, the self-titled Thunder Mother album was kind of a, a new beginning, how has it advanced? How have, uh, you know, the four of you now um, become closer and, and writing songs together? How has that been for you now? It's amazing. It's like night and day from the previous lineup. Like, no drama. We're friends. We're working together. We're living on the band now. It's just kicked off with the last album. And uh, super grateful and happy that we all can have an income and play rock and roll as a lifestyle. We live and breathe rock and roll. <laughs> we always have a lot of fun together. And now we're even neighbors, you know, so... It's amazing. It's amazing, truly. I, I can hear the happiness in your voice. And any musician who can live on their art, and but yeah. do it with those that you're really friends with and you're happy to be around them is even better because I'm sure you've been at festivals or on tours where the bands just don't get along and it's very uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been through it all. I had the band, band for 10 years and and uh, people, uh, it's not always easy to get along with, and people want not always the same thing. So to find people that you are friends with, uh, or I became friends with, because uh, I picked them out because they were amazing musicians, and super dedicated, they wanted world domination, same as I did. And now that we recorded this epic album that we all are so proud of, we collaborated, we wrote songs together, we lived in the studio and just made the best album we have done so far. It's, uh, I can't even describe how, how good it is right now. And that we can live on it and play festivals and tour and stuff. And all. yeah, you know, even now when we don't play, uh, we sell a lot of merchandise and stuff. We have a huge fan base right now and that's great. And we really want to come to America. So we're planning that. <laughs> and is that something you're looking at for 2021 to come over here? Yes, definitely. We were planning to go over there in November already, but now that won't happen. So definitely next year. That must happen. We're already discussing with other bands that we can tour with. Can you mention those bands or is that not allowed at this point? Uh, well, we're just discussing right now with the bands that we love and admire, and that's like we love Rosa too, and uh, we play with them. And we toured with them in February before this all happened. We had to cancel in the middle of the tour and come home again because of the virus. And we got along very well with the, with all the boys in the test. And we're also discussing with Hank Von Hell from Turbo Negro, Norwegian dude. Hank Von Hell. I don't know if you know him. Yes, yeah, the Turbo Negro, and, and you mentioned Rose Tattoo as well. Um, Australian, are they? Australian, yes. Yeah, Rock and Roll Outlaw is one of their songs. Yeah. Great, yeah. great track. I know we became amazing friends on the tour, truly. And I'm, and Angry Anderson, the singer, is my mentor now. So we have yeah, contact on a daily basis on email. That's amazing. That is awesome. I remember hearing them years ago and, and thinking to myself, why wasn't this band following, you know, ACDC's footsteps and kind of coming along for the ride with them? Well, it was the opposite. 
ACDC got inspired from Rosa too, because they were really old bands. This so, is true. Uh, yeah, and also Airborne loves Rosa too, and they're following them. And there's a lot of pictures of Angus Young and Angry Anderson together. And yeah, and even Mark Evans in Rosa too. He is the bass player for the first uh, four albums with ACDC. He's on Highway to Hell. That's right. Album. So just to go on a tour with the bass player from ACDC was huge for me. You know, because it's my favorite band, it's easy. So it was a dream come true playing with them, and they love us, and we're going to go on tour together again, hopefully. And uh, yeah, so we hope to do that next year. So you said ACDC is your favorite band. What was the first album you got from ACDC? Uh, it was probably High with the Hell, not High with Hell, but um, High Voltage. And listening to TNT and stuff like that. <laughs> but then I discovered uh, the older stuff with Bon Scott and I just love the power age, the blues and the, the fun of it because they're laughing and they're making jokes in the lyrics and that's what music is about for me. So I love the early stuff with ACDC most. And now ACDC is a band who they really don't have a profile on social media. It's very a very quiet camp a lot not a lot of discussions they just kind of things happen with them and i guess there's the talk that there's an album finished or nearly finished with with brian again i know i can't wait to go back and see them if they come on tour (laughs) and uh, there's rumors it's uh phil rudd on drums again and i really hope that i really hope that i was just talking with somebody else a while ago and they just said that his drumming was not matched. Nothing against, you know, Chris or Simon or anybody else who played drums, but his drumming was the one that made ACDC the band. They just had, he had that certain swing and feel for what ACDC yeah, really yeah, yeah. is. I agree. And uh, that inspired me for, for the music and the, to make easy kind of music because easy music is the most hard music to play and to keep it easy and have the right groove and take the course in the right way and, you know, so they are really inspiring band, and I, I don't think you you need a social media if you're that kind of a band. And I would prefer to be like Angus because I I care mostly about touring, meeting new people, and playing. But uh, we're really online, so we we just split the day. So I have like Tuesdays on Instagram, and the other band members have another day <laughs> to make it <laughs> equal, you know. <laughs> Well, hey, at least because, you have people who, who want to participate now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's got to be a good feeling. Now, I know you said that you collaborated on songs. Does that take a lot of stress off of you to have to be like a sole songwriter where everybody contributes and it feels uh, like a team now? Uh, to let go of that, was uh, I had a little bit problem and it took a lot for me to just you know, uh, not, uh, what do you call it? Um, keep it being in control of everything. <laughs> because the, I produced also the first two albums. I wrote all the songs in the past. But um, to open up and be a real band and, you know, that, that I'm so much happier now. That's the best decision I ever made. And the songs are so much better because everyone contributes. And we had like 45 songs to choose from from this album. So it's really good, you know. We just saved songs in a Google Drive, everyone, and we just picked the best ones for the album. Did you say 45 songs? 
yeah, we've been writing songs for two years and we just bash it out, you know, make as many songs as we can and then we choose later. Don't think, we just write and write and write. And I think that was a good way to do it instead of just, okay, I wrote 10 songs myself, now we can record an album, you know. It's more, uh, more you know, uh, I think it's better quality now since we had so many songs to choose from. So when you when you have a um, vault of that many songs, do you ever say you guys start playing a song and you you know you're playing the verse and it feels good and then all of a sudden you think to yourselves, wait, the bridge or the chorus on this other song is going to fit better? Then you combine the two. Anything like that happen? Yeah, we can do that. Make that happen. And sometimes we just okay, that verse is amazing. So we try to write something new together. Or even together with the producer, we he's actually a great songwriter. He's a, the guitar player for Glenn Hughes. Uh, his name is Søren Andersson. He lives in Denmark, and he owns the legendary Medley Studios, where Prince recorded and a lot of big bands. And uh, and he had a lot of uh, he was very good at writing songs. So we even let him in in a few songs to contribute, and that he was really really good. So. Even to make that, like, let someone in from without outside the band was a huge thing for me. But it's nothing I regret now. And he's also a really good friend now. Well, somebody with, with such a rich musical history like that who has a studio and has worked with so many different bands, it, it's, it's a good teacher to have and a good friend as well because you can learn so much to help craft your art as well. Definitely. And he's amazing on guitar. <laughs> So uh, we can just sit and jam between sessions. He showed me cool guitar licks and stuff like that. And he understood that it was important for me to lay down good solos and good guitar licks because there just wasn't enough time on the last album to put down all the guitars. So it's actually not so many guitar licks on the last album because time ran out. We only had like 10 days on the last album. So now we, when we lived in the studio for three weeks, we had so much time and I'm super satisfied with what I could lay down on the album. And I'm happy that I finally got to finish it the way I wanted, you know, and everyone was super happy with the results when you can have that much time. Even on the last day in the studio, we, we just had a big jam and we ended up recording the song Purple Sky, which is actually on the album now. And that was just recording the last day live. Not many bands do that or pull that off anymore because too many bands are focused on studio perfection instead of catching the, the real spirit of, of rock and roll and live music. So for you for you all to do that, that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, that song came out really good and it's different and it's very 70s vibe and I just play with it. We just have a mic in the room, not close to the guitar amps. You can hear the actual room sound on the guitar that I'm playing live with the drums. And it's just one take. And and, uh, and then the, this dude came in from Glenn Hughes' band who plays with Søren when we were there on the last day. J-Bo, he plays ham on the organ. And he, we're like, can you please join us in this song? Like a guest. So he laid down some really cool ham on stuff on that song. <laughs> So that was just pure blast. You sound so happy with everything that's going on with the band and the sounds you have right now. Just incredible. Oh, thank you. It is amazing. 
and, and bands. After everything I've been through. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, and especially you know, twenty twenty, because it's been a, a year of uncertainty for all of us, and to come out with an album that you're happy with. And if I'm not mistaken, you currently have tour dates later on this year. Are those still on the books, or are they pushed back? Uh, they're still on, and they start in uh, September, our heatwave tour through uh, Europe. And if it, uh, everything goes well, we can start touring them. But as it looks right now, I don't think it will happen. <laughs> I think uh, I think the virus is still around the world, so... That would be sad if we can't play because it's really itching now. We want to go out tour with Thunder Mother again. Well, I I hope everything lines up and and you all can get on the road and hopefully this virus thing slows down. And and I I know over here in America, it's peaked back up again because people haven't followed the direction. And, you know, people get a little self-centered sometimes and it kind of ruins it for everybody else. But hopefully we can get it under control and get rock and roll back the way it should be in that live so, forum. I mean, there's some positive, I'm, I'm a very positive thinking person. So I think something good can, can come out of every, everything. So just these like, live streams that are explo- like an explosion right now. Uh, it's um, new and fresh and I can see all my favorite bands right now on the streams. It, like I, I haven't been to shows in years because, I don't have time because I'm touring with my own band and I miss all my favorite artists who come to Sweden. Now I can see my friends' bands play on live streams. I can see huge bands. Just the other day, two, two days ago, I watched uh, Tons of Rock from uh, Oslo, Norway. And there was like the Purple and it was uh, Backstreet Girls and a lot of great bands. And that festival was online. <laughs> so that was great. Yeah, I, I love watching the collaborations that guys are doing out there and, and, you know, different band members from different bands just jamming songs that they, they grew up with and loved. And it, everybody seems so happy doing it. And also, I think there's, a, a, at least I hope, there's a lot of songs being written right now. And no band should have a shortage of material for the next five years because everybody's probably at home <laughs> writing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. I totally agree. I totally agree, yeah. Yeah, it, it's. It, I look forward to it, and you know, congratulations on this album when it comes out in a few weeks because it's solid start to end. It's rock and roll. It has a spirit there, and it feels live. Congratulations to you for that. Oh, thank you. I hope uh, everyone uh, will check it out because it's, it's as you say, it's solid rock. It's just ten or what is it, thirteen songs? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, like, uh, yeah, really, we're really proud of what we have established and we can't wait to come to, uh, to the States and tour. So hopefully if people listen, we will have the possibility to do that. Well, I, I hope that definitely happens and thank you for your time today and your conversation. Uh, appreciate that best to you, uh, and the other three in the band and uh, hope everything goes smoothly for the rest of this year. And hopefully that live stream, uh, the acoustic thing goes awesome tomorrow for you. Oh, thank you. It's, just, it's no live stream. It's just a, a, at a party. Oh, okay. Outside. So well, thank you. And uh, it's going to be fun tomorrow. <laughs> well, look, have, and thank you for the interview. No, thank great. you so much. Have a, a wonderful day. And uh, we'll shoot you a link once this is up. Do that. I will share. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. much.
Bye bye. Bye. Special thanks to my guest today for joining me on the podcast. First shout out to Chips Enough from the band Enough's Enough and then Philippa, guitar player from Thunder Mother. I appreciate you today and I hope the listeners appreciate you as well. And thank you listeners for tuning in and checking out the Hard Rock Core podcast. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has all of the links for all of my socials in which I hope you can connect with me there as well. And as always, if you've made it this far, thank you i appreciate you and if you like what you have heard please like the podcast share it and follow it stay safe stay true tell your family and friends you love them give them a hug thank you and have an awesome day